Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back to Southern Colorado we go to talk about this funeral home where authorities have been trying to figure out exactly how many sets of remains, I guess we'll call it, are in this funeral home. Last number we got was 189, and we wondered if the bodies are in the funeral home what was given to the families? Mm-hmm. Now we know. Yeah, uh, just to, to go back and recap a little of the story. This is a funeral home that had billed itself as being a, quote, green funeral home, where they did funerals without uh, metal caskets and, in some cases, without caskets at all. We've heard about these uh, burials where you just bury somebody in, like, a burlap sack. Uh, they didn't do the human composting thing that's also been kind of rising in popularity, but ostensibly they, they did these green burials. What we didn't know is of the bodies that were there, if they weren't buried, what was? If there was some kind of service, and we might be a little bit closer to an answer to that because apparently that funeral home didn't just do the green burials. They also at least told people that they were would also serve as, as a crematory. So exactly what you might think would happen after a story like this breaks began to happen. People that thought that their relatives had been cremated and had been handed an urn full of what they were told were cremains or ashes went back and had them tested. And at least one of them has already filed suit. A gentleman by the name of Richard Law says that he entrusted his late father, Roger Law, to the funeral home owned by the couple that are now in all kinds of trouble because of the 189 bodies that were found on their property and said that instead of being given his father's cremains, he was handed an urn full of crushed concrete. Yeah. And in the meantime, the body was left to decompose. Yep. At the funeral home. This is exactly what happened in the Georgia case 20 years ago. Exactly what happened, except in that case, it was just a crematory and they weren't cremating anybody. They were just throwing people, literally throwing people out back of the crematory and handing people, you know, urns full of sand, urns full of crushed concrete, anything they thought would pass for cremains. Um, so what will be interesting about this? among other things, is so far there's just one lawsuit. There could be up to 189 or more because that number may grow also. Mm. But you just wonder how many of these bodies they will even be able to identify. Now, if you know that you have had a loved one and their death has been handled by this funeral home anytime in the last forever, 
I would be calling prosecutor's office and police and going, hey, put my name on a list. Yes. As you're doing this, we're still around. And you wonder how many people still have the remains that they were given so they can test and see what they were actually given. Sure. And I mean, with things like crushed concrete, it's going to be pretty easy to tell. Mm -hmm. There are some other things that people have used to pass off as cremains before that are much more difficult to tell. You'd have to do more extensive testing rather than just opening it up and saying, no, that's sand. Um, oddly, one of the things that, that more easily passes for cremains than anything else is crushed oyster shell. And that's the kind of thing that wow. uh, people, I mean, there is a legitimate use for that. People use it as a, for gardening, um, mm -hmm. use it as a, a way to, to nitrogen, nitrogenate, nitrogenize, whatever, the soil. You, uh, you can use cal uh, calcium chloride or calcium chlorate for that. So, um, yeah, and, and it does have the same look and basic feel to it as human ashes. Human ashes don't look like, um, if you've ever seen them up close, they don't look like, uh, what am I thinking of, fireplace ash. It's it's a very different thing because it's, it's really not ash. It's, right. you know, little bits of bone. Okay. Um, so we're also learning now about the money that might be involved. Um, again, in, in one of these cases, a relative said he paid more than $1,300 to cremate his father. After his COVID-related death in November of 2020, receipts show how he was also charged an additional $85 as a so-called COVID upcharge oh, wow. to ensure the remains were safely handled. Which they weren't. Instead, yeah. he got a call from the FBI saying how his late father had been found in this funeral home. Yeah. Um, and one of the other details, again, I'm, I'm going to try and do this without being as, you know, stay away from being as gory as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. But it was described that when they went up to this funeral home, the first thing they saw were trash bags everywhere. And if you figure that inside those trash bags may be people that have been there for a very long time, we're talking about, I mean, I'm glad that they were able to identify his father as quickly as they were, we don't know how long ago his father died. And right. if there are people that have been there for a very long time, you're going to have a situation where you're going to have to do DNA testing. And that's going to take forever for 189 different people that are already dead. And again, my concern would be, is there a certain part of this story that we're, that they're never really going to know, right? Are there some remains that they won't be able to identify are all of the remains that they handled still on this property or was there another location somewhere that some of these were taken to? Yeah. And again, for the, for the people, the family members who, you know, spread the ashes at sea or did whatever, they don't have any to test to prove whether or not that is their loved one. If you know right off the top of your head, and I'm sure we could look this up, but it's easier to ask the text line if you happen to know, because uh, what I'm curious about now is that $1,300, how close is that to what you would expect to pay for any cremation? My guess is if they were the only way that you would be able to get people to go, because even the descriptions of this place, it was all overgrown. The hearse out back had weeds growing up through it. It had clearly not run in forever. If you walk up to a place like that, you're immediately going to walk back away and go, no way am I trusting my loved one to these people. So my guess would be that that's dramatically less than you would expect to pay for a cremation. Cremation Society of Missouri says... 
thirteen ninety five. One thousand three hundred ninety five dollars. So it's not. That's interesting. I, why did anybody go to this? Was it the only one within like twenty miles of there? Um, yeah, it makes you wonder too. Thirteen hundred is the only amount I've heard so far that somebody paid. Yeah. For the cremation of one of their relatives, I wonder if that was like on the high end. I wonder if that was because it was the pandemic. Who knows? And, and then if it's desperate. not normally that much, yeah, yeah. Thirteen ninety five includes cremation and ceremony and temporary urn for the remains. Wow, I just I can't understand. I mean, even looking at the pictures of this place, I'm wondering why anybody went there and said, "Yeah, yeah, we can trust these people." Especially if you didn't, I, I wonder if there were situations where they didn't actually go to the funeral home. I wonder if there were. Oh, that could be. Because conceivably, and again, sorry to get morbid, it's hard not to, but conceivably the funeral home can pick up the body from wherever it is. And if you're not going to do a ceremony and you're not going to do it there, conceivably you go and you pick up the bag of, and you don't go in, well, you, you know, know, or maybe they bring it to you. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because when we went for my dad, um, it, we went to an office. We, we mm -hmm. didn't go to where the crematory was. We went to some guy's office and signed all right. the paperwork and got everything done. My mom had a plan already. So she had already done it all. All we had to do, it was call the phone number that we already knew yeah. And say, okay, it's time. And they took care of everything. We never saw that building either. Like, they easily could have said, for COVID reasons, we're not going to let you in the building. We will bring those remains to you. Back to you. Sure. Yeah. And so that that way you don't have to set foot in the property. I just, every time we hear more about this, every time I see a headline about this, I think, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Well, and because who would think you would have to? Who would think you would have to check up? On the crematory or the funeral home or anything that, you know, to make sure that they were legit. You figure, you know, you, what do you do? You do a Google search. Uh, yeah. Show me crematories or funeral homes near me. And you pick up the phone. If, if somebody died without having the kind of plan that my mom did, that's what we would have done. I'm trying to think. My stepdad, uh, my stepdad had a plan. He wasn't cremated, though. But and my dad was so sudden that we didn't we had no clue what to do. Um, and, and I also wonder if the green part of this had anything to do with it we also it's a good question about whether they had an office somewhere else or if everything yeah. was done at this site we haven't heard anything from the owners right no of this no not a word nor would i expect to until they should in keep court. their mouth shut yeah yeah if you have thoughts here some of you are asking questions 913-586-7798 feel free to get in here uh we also need to get into the latest out of maine as we are hearing more about what everybody knew about robert card before that mass shooting and just as we expected now fingers are being pointed between different law enforcement agencies so we'll get into that still here on kmbz phone number here 913-586-7798 okay we have a ton of updates about robert card about the investigation and what we what we knew and what police knew about him before this mass shooting you remember a couple of days ago when we were talking about the fact that uh they knew and they had gotten warnings and that the police had actually staked out his house for a couple of weeks and he just never showed up there so they just gave up yeah yeah stay tuned it gets worse uh okay so now we know that that two-week stay that had been reported in an Army medical mental health facility over the summer, so we're not talking about forever ago, we're talking about a couple of months ago, that that was an involuntary committal 
that he was there against his will um, and was there because he had been reacting badly to all kinds of things that were going on around him and was showing all kinds of paranoid delusions, thinking that other soldiers were calling him a pedophile and that he locked himself in his room at one point and was shoving people. And it was just involved in this behavior that that didn't make any sense to people around him and led the army to involuntary and involuntarily commit him for two weeks, after which the army then banned him from taking part in any live fire drills, live fire exercises, or getting anywhere near a loaded weapon. The army knew this guy was a problem. They knew this guy was dangerous and needed not to be around guns. I have a question then about communications between the military and the rest of the universe in terms of getting a hold of guns, because the Daily Mail has a version of this that points out, despite that warning, again, his superiors were told he should not handle any weapons, period. Despite that, he was still able to legally buy guns as a civilian. And he tried to buy a silencer for one of those guns. Uh, the fact that he declared his involuntary stay on his application, so he was honest about it, disqualified him from getting that silencer. And for some reason, didn't disqualify him from getting guns. Right. You can have guns. You just can't get a flash suppressor or a noise suppressor for it. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Other than that, we'll go ahead and sell you whatever you want. It just, that boggles the mind. And if he hadn't voluntarily, if he hadn't volunteered that information, would they have been able to find it? And that's what they're not really that clear about in this article out of the Daily Mail. They probably don't know U.S. law as far as that's concerned any better than you or I do. So uh, if if he hadn't said, yes, I was involuntarily committed to a mental hospital by the Army on an Army facility, is there any way that the civilian authorities would have known about that? Yeah, we got to talk about those two, the left and the, the right arm, left and right hand talking to each other yep. more. We also now know more about possible motive. And again, the Daily Mail has a ton of detail about it. Uh, the criminal affidavit has been released. That's where we got a lot of this from. Uh, according to that affidavit, he had been dating a woman who he met through playing cornhole. That relationship ended in February of this year, which according to the gunman's sister, set him off on a downward spiral. Um, he'd been saying crazy things. Ever since the relationship ended, a friend of his said he would go out to eat at the, the bar, which was one of the two locations, with his former girlfriend and her two daughters. While there, he began to suspect that patrons and the bar's manager were gossiping about him being a pedophile. There, so there are allegations that these were targeted shootings um, that he, because they, they believed that there was this big conspiracy against him, that they kept talking about the possibility of him being a pedophile. Yeah, and, and it just continued to go out of control. So he then transferred that while he was in training on this military base to the people around him at the base, thinking they were gossiping about the same thing. Uh, and and it, that downward spiral just continued to the point where he disappeared. And when he disappeared, it almost sounds like everybody was kind of like, well, good, he's gone. So the family also had a lot of concerns about him. And to their credit, expressed those concerns to the right people. Uh, he was married. His ex-wife uh, told the sheriff's department that, um, again, he was convinced strangers were talking about him. She said she no longer wanted her son spending time with his father at his home, where he kept up to 15 guns and rifles. So the deputy went to check him out, went to visit him in September. 
then reached out to the military who assured him the army was trying to get him treatment. The deputy then reached out to Robert Card's brother who said he had put the firearms in a gun safe in the family farm and would work with their father to get the gun somewhere else so that the guy couldn't get a hold of them. Well, that obviously worked well. Yeah. Uh, and, and he just, he bought more. And he bought more guns. And that just, it's unfathomable that you would have the kind of committal that would keep the army from handing you a gun, but you can go back out in civilian life and just buy all you want. Um, with nobody asking any questions and, you know, outside of passing a background check, which apparently he did, then that was good enough, even though he had just gotten out of a of a voluntary or involuntary, pardon me, an involuntary committal. Um, there was also, oh, and by the way, you you had an article this morning where there was a sheriff's deputy, and I, forgive me, I don't have mm-hmm. it right in front of me, but I do. which agency it was. Yeah, where did he work, the, that particular deputy? Um, this is the Fox News story. Hold on a second. Let me scroll down here. While a you're second. doing that, I'll, I'll talk yeah. about what he said because he said that that everybody involved in this investigation, when they found out that this guy was considered armed and dangerous, he called them a bunch of clowns for the way that they conducted oh. this investigation. New York Post. Sorry, I had the wrong version in front of me. Um, Sergeant John Gui, Gui, okay, of the Androscoggin County Sheriff's Office. So he's right there. Yeah, in a blistering since-deleted Facebook post, this sergeant said state police shut out local cops even as huge areas were on lockdown before Robert Carp was found dead. Quote, and again, it's now there are screenshots, even though he deleted it. Quote, radio silence is the best phrase to describe the amount of information the Maine State Police shared with the hundreds of law enforcement officers who responded to assist this manhunt, calling them utter clowns for keeping local officers in the dark. Yeah, Andrew Scoggin, um, so the, uh, Lisbon, which is the second city, that's the town that's right next to where the shootings happen. The shootings happen in Lewiston. Mm-hmm. And, and Lisbon is right down, it's like within 10 miles of there. It's uh, down to the southeast. And that's where they found his car next to the boat ramp. So there was all kinds of speculation about did he escape on his boat? The the little kind of creek, it's, it's, not, it's barely a river that's right there by Lisbon empties into the Androscoggin River. So that's, I mean, when when he's talking, he's talking right from ground zero of where all of this was centered in Androscoggin County. Um, the other thing that we learned about this is, check this. So you have the state police that know that he's, that he's made statements about shooting people, that know that it's at least enough of a concern that they staked out his house for two weeks waiting for him to come home. Didn't apparently do any other investigation at all. Just left it go at that. And when he didn't come home, they just left. They just gave up. The detail we didn't know until today is that when they gave up and stopped staking out his house, they lifted the armed and dangerous warning. They just lifted it. They were like, okay, well, I guess we can't find him, so he must not be armed and dangerous anymore. What are you doing? Yeah. Um... (laughs) Okay, I want to now I have the full quote from the sergeant that I didn't have before. The upper echelons, is it echelons? Upper yeah. echelons of the main state police major crimes unit and command staff are utter clowns, and I wouldn't hire them to manage the morning rush at Dunkin' Donuts, much less an investigation <laughs> of this size. Well, he's not that's wrong. Priceless. <sighs> um, I want to come back to, and I don't know what the laws of Maine are. It's hard to keep track of gun laws in every state because they're they're all over the place. But I want to come back to the fact 
that on a form, when he wanted to buy the suppressor or the silencer, as you're correcting us on, he he was asked, there's a question there, have you ever been in a mental facility? And there are a variety of questions. And he said, yes, that he had been involuntarily committed to a mental facility. So they said, no, 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 we can't give you the suppressor. How are you still able to buy a gun? Uh-huh. Yeah. If that's true. And you're honest about it. That I, boy, I wish I could tell you. And that's why um, we, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, somebody just texted in about, oh, yeah, well, that's no red flag laws. Yeah. Tell me again how we don't need red flag laws. Well, in Maine, they don't have red flag laws. They have what they what they colloquially, yeah, boy, there's a word for you, what they refer to as a yellow flag law which, according to the chairman of the nonprofit Maine Gun Safety Coalition, is, and I quote, woefully weak. He said, we have long felt that this is a question of not if, but when. Uh, that yellow flag law outlines several steps that must be taken before a weapon can be removed from an individual who poses a, dangerous, uh, a danger to himself or others. Okay, doesn't it seem like if you pose a danger to yourself or others, that should be the hoop that you have to jump through? Like, mm-hmm. he's a danger. Let's take his guns away. Uh, because, I mean, Florida does that. As, <laughs> yeah. as much as we hack on Florida for having ridiculous, stupid laws and ridiculous, stupid people, Florida mm-hmm. will take your guns away if they think you are a danger to yourself or others. Period. Uh, we have to get to a break, but I, I want to spend one minute talking about if there are lessons to be learned here, what are they? I mean, some of it's obvious, but if there are lessons to be learned about communication between police, because you just wonder why wasn't it communicated? What it, Was it ego? I mean, what's going on that, that communication was not shared? We'll take a break. Uh, we'll keep going on this next year on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So we're talking about the latest uh, about Robert Card, the suspect, uh, the shooter, and the mass shooter in Maine last week. And I just, um, because we can't change what got us here, what do you do differently in the future? <laughs> we're going to run out of time when we talk about how many things you could do differently, but what should be done differently 
next time because I, when I hear about, especially when I hear that sheriff talking like he did, I think there's ego involved here in feeling like you don't need to share communicate. You want to own the investigation and not, you think you can just do it. Yeah. And that never works out well. Hello, September 11th, 2001. Right. Remember all the talk about information sharing between the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA that, that went on after that happened because they were all their own little fiefdoms. So that's where it starts. I mean, the first thing you do is you make sure that if there is a... If if there's a roadblock of information sharing about a military commitment versus a civil commitment, erase that. Yeah. How do we get them to not remove the alert when you don't find something after a little while? Because that would have helped also. I'm still hung up on the silencer or the suppressor, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm hung up on the fact that it seems like everybody around him knew he was a danger knew he shouldn't be around guns, didn't want his son to be around him because of the guns. You know, we talk about some of these and you think there was no warning. You know, in Las Vegas, there was no warning. In yeah. some of these cases, there were no warnings ahead of time. No clue whatsoever. In this case, there were 25 warnings yeah, they, about somebody who's dangerous. They knew this guy was a problem. And I still am baffled by the idea that their excuse for not following up was, well, he just didn't come home. Yeah, that's a red flag of its own. I mean, the, the fact that he didn't come home, that he's been missing for two weeks to the point where the cops can't find him. That's not reason to give up. That's more reason to add more resources to that until you find him because you know he's planning something. Yeah, if the military has said, we don't trust you with guns, I just, how does he still get guns then? Mm -hmm. um, and the problem is that you can't do anything about the guns that he already has. You know, you can keep him from getting more, but if he already had 10 or 15 at home, which he did, you can't keep him from using the ones that he's already got. Right. And the Army can't, um, in, in any military branch, can't affect a, a, civ a civilian punishment. They don't have right. the ability to do that. What they can do is absolutely go to the court in the county where he lives and say, this is the move we just made. We're going to kind of suggest you do the same thing, too, because if we think he's a danger to himself or others, you might want to know that. Yeah, I don't know what the, the legal um, obstacles there are, but there's got to be a way that if the military or civilian law enforcement really suspect something is wrong with a person, there's got to be a way to overlook the law or make an exception to the law somehow so that one or the other can say, okay, like we have to think about human life here. Yep. Right. And and how do you not care? How do you just let that go? We'll go to the phones and bring in Jerry, who's calling in from Kansas City. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Um, guns in general are going to kill people. And really, uh, these uh, mass shootings aren't killing as many as the people that are killing themselves. See, this guy killed himself with a gun. There's, I don't know what, 15,000 people killed themselves with a the gun. They found in Israel that they were requiring the military to take their guns home with them. And they stopped doing that and they cut their their um, deaths, a suicide of their past military in half. So that's the problem is you have too many guns, you're gonna get that problem. All right, uh, Jerry, thanks for the call. I. I... I mean, if, if you know, I, I could have, I'm not going to have any, but I could have 400 guns in my house. I'm not going to be a danger to anybody with them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, 
I don't know. I, I I don't know what the ultimate solution to that is, but when you have a situation where you know there's a problem, why on earth would you keep that to yourself? Yeah, I um unfortunately, I feel like some of it is just this cultural feeling about the protection of guns. Yeah. The protection of your right to have them. Oh yeah. And and the refusal to admit like maybe this is the guy. Like we have a lot of really responsible gun owners. Most are. Sometimes you have one that really isn't, and this is that guy. Right. And and if there's already a big organization like the United States Army, because uh, he was training as a reservist, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So he's training as a reservist, which means they know most of the time he's not going to be there. He's right. going to be home. Right. Yeah. One weekend every, is it every month? One, one weekend they do, a month or, and two weeks yeah. a year. Yeah. Uh, so if you know that that's the case in most of the day, I mean, is it a, a matter of instead of protecting their own little fiefdoms, is it a matter of going, well, it's not our problem. I mean, at least if something does happen, at least it's not going to happen here. Death count is 18. Yeah. Not their problem, but mm-hmm. no, 18 I, families are. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I say yeah, this no, to I yeah, I'm, I'm anybody not who I thinks that. Sure. Right. Is, is that, yeah, okay, so it didn't happen on base. Now you don't have to clean up the mess. But somebody did, and 18 people gave their lives in that mess. So, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, I, again, how do you know that there's a guy who's dangerous? And and they're not ignorant of civilian law either. If, right. if, they, if he knew that he could still go out and buy a gun, they knew that, and they let it happen. On that note, we will no doubt uh, follow the story and see what else comes out of this. Moving on, still on the topic of guns here for a moment, going to Pennsylvania, which lately seems to be the home of people trying to get guns through TSA, and for the life of me, I don't know why. Uh-huh. Usually it's Pittsburgh. Yes. This time it's Philadelphia. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, another one. Um, and you're right. I mean, for whatever, Pittsburgh was up to, what was it, 39? That Sounds they right, had, 39 or 40. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 and which was their record for all of last year, and they hit that a couple of weeks ago at Pittsburgh Airport. This time, not only did they catch a guy with a gun at Philadelphia Airport, it was the second time they've caught the same guy at mm-hmm. Philadelphia Airport trying to get a gun through TSA. Uh, they said he was caught over the weekend, his second time trying to get a firearm through that security checkpoint. They stopped the man who is from Philadelphia, finding a nine millimeter gun in his gym bag and adding that the gun was loaded with 21 bullets, including one in the chamber. I wish I knew when the last time this guy was caught. Yeah. I don't have a time reference in here. It just says he was previously caught with his gun packed incorrectly at the airport. So you can claim stupidity the first time. <laughs> you can claim, ooh, I forgot, or uh-huh. ooh, I didn't know that you're not allowed to carry a gun through the security checkpoints. Fine. I mean, that's ridiculous, but fine. But after you're caught, that's a memory that stays with you. Yeah. You 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 don't you didn't forget the second time. I don't know what you thought was gonna happen because you were caught once. Did you think like, oh, they're they're just not going to catch it this time? Yeah, well, and it wasn't the only one that day either. The same, no, it was not. Yeah, the same day they caught another guy with a thirty-eight caliber handgun in his carry-on bag at the same checkpoint. Uh, that man who was from Souderton, Pennsylvania, 
was cited by police and will face a federal financial civil penalty. So now in that case, uh, the the magazine, it's it's a revolver. So whatever that's called, the um, the thing you spin. <laughs> that, <laughs> you can tell how, how much I know Experts. guns. Experts. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, the, that, the thing that holds the bullets inside the gun uh, was not in it. So that one wasn't loaded, which is what, probably why he's facing a much lower penalty, not to mention the fact that he probably hadn't done it before. So they're going to fine him and tell him don't do that again and whatever the problem is at at these philadelphia airports and pittsburgh airports i do not i do not understand speaking of airports and things happening more than once we go to austin now and this is a horrible story we just got a lot of these today but we'll lighten things up in the next hour i promise (laughs) but um for the second time this year you have had a worker at the big airport in austin killed on the site of that airport. Um, This time you had, uh, it was a vehicle fatality on the tarmac. Yeah, it was a refueling truck that that ran the guy over. Um, And you think about what you see at the airports normally, and I mean, they, you want to talk about a place where they take absolutely every precaution because mm-hmm. you're out there wearing bright orange vests with bright yellow reflective tape and big X's across your your chest and across your back. I mean, they make you as visible as they possibly can. And somehow, and I would, I would love to know a little bit more of the detail on how this happened. This refueling truck apparently just didn't see him. Um, and was it by an airplane or I'm confusing by, oh no, it was in April that the employee died after hitting a jet bridge. Um, Yeah, they're not saying a lot about how this happened, which is interesting. Um, They said flights were not impacted, although it's pretty busy there. I mean, that's a really big airport in Austin. No other details available. Yeah, and and the the other incident, the one that happened where where the the person was sucked into the engine, uh, Mm -hmm. they said that was a suicide. In this case, it doesn't look like that's the case. But the investigation is still ongoing, so they haven't really released a finding on this yet. But it's just another another incident that shows you that Austin Airport, at least for the time being, is kind of snake bit. I don't know what they're doing about it. I don't know. Um, you can't help it if someone is doing that to themselves. You can't. I, I don't know how you prevent accidents, but like you said, they're yeah. doing everything they possibly can. To make sure everybody sees each other. Yeah, if, if you've ever been to an airport, you've seen them out there, and they're impossible to miss, and they do that on purpose, obviously. Yes. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up, it is an American this time, yet again, that drove in a place where vehicles aren't allowed to go. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Not a big surprise that it was an American family that did this. Luckily, this wasn't GPS gone wrong. Uh, There wasn't a car that was stuck like the last time we did a story like this. Uh, But they were just in a place, and I've never been to Munich, uh, but they apparently have a lot of pedestrian zones there, as Europe is kind of known for having. And in this case, Dad drove a car where it wasn't supposed to go. Oops. Yeah, uh, it's funny, too, because you can see all of the people that are sitting around having lunch, you know, eating, and and then all of a sudden they're just kind of looking at this guy like, are you serious? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I, the, you can hear, look at everybody staring. A voice in the car says as they slowly drive past onlookers at Marienplatz, an iconic square in the heart of the German city. Yeah, they were staring, all right. That's because you're not <laughs> supposed to drive through there i don't know how long it took them before they realized that this was a pedestrian zone (laughs) only some i can get it 
a little bit sometimes if you don't see because sometimes there are zones that are pedestrian zones sometimes but then they open up to vehicle traffic other times yep. for some reason boulder is coming to mind as a city in the u.s that does this a lot but if it's not blocked off by those big metal poles and it's open so that you can you know and maybe it was their gps or maybe they didn't see a no vehicle or maybe it was in german do you, but you took they the, didn't know, yeah, you know. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's like, do you not know the language at all? And maybe drove right past a sign that said, do not drive past this point. Um, yeah, it's, it, it is. It's a big, wide open. I'm looking at uh, some pictures of Marian plots because I'd never been to Munich either. But if you've ever seen the Italian job, the original one, not that Marky Mark piece of trash, but the original Italian job, it looks a, really a lot like the, <laughs> yeah, sorry, uh, a lot like that, the piazza that they drive through when they steal the gold at the end of the movie. It's, it's just this wide open space and it's got a bunch of little covered tables and things like that. Uh, a couple of fountains. Yeah, it's really cool looking, but it does not look very car friendly. Somebody in the video has heard saying, I thought it was weird to have a flower pot in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the best way to market, except if you see no other vehicles, perhaps that your, that's your sign. But sometimes you get to, I've never done it, but I can imagine you get partway down this area and it's too late. Like at that point, you just got to keep going. Yeah. And finish the route that you're on. The only way out is through. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about what the USDA is doing here uh, in order to control rabies in wildlife. Yeah, uh, th this is something, th this is not extremely new, but it's new for where they're doing it. Apparently, there's been a problem this year um, with raccoons, and raccoons generally uh, don't come anywhere near people. So if you see one, it's either a mistake or it's rabid. So what they decided to do is now that there's been more and more encroachment into cities by raccoons, and because apparently they've been having a real problem with rabies, uh, Texas has their own program to do this, and the USDA is now looking at where these kind of hot zones are, where you're having more cases of rabies show up and more raccoons being reported, and they're dropping bait that's a rabies vaccine. So they're just dropping them from the sky, like doing an airdrop, low-flying planes. They have a tube and a conveyor belt that just drops these little vaccine pellets that apparently raccoons really, really like to eat. Um, and just they, they want to make sure that they're kind of evenly dispersed. So the idea is that if you get an uninfected raccoon, it'll eat this rabies vaccine, and then you don't have to worry about that one anymore. This is perhaps the first time I'm learning that – a vaccine can be done pill form. Yeah, like an oral vaccine, sure. Yeah, I, I didn't know that we could do that. With with veterinary stuff? No, neither yeah. did I. <laughs> but uh, they said the oral rabies vaccine was developed in the 1960s. It's been around that long. The first field trials targeted red foxes, you dummy, in Switzerland. And they said by the 1990s, the U.S. began its first field trial on an uninhabited Atlantic barrier island off the coast of Virginia. And in the mid-90s, the USDA started partnering with states to begin oral rabies vaccination programs for wildlife. They're just, they're about uh, maybe an inch and a half square, and they okay. just drop these things out of the planes, and the raccoons go and gobble them up. It has been a wild success. Um, they said it has essentially stopped the geographic spread of rabies in the eastern U.S., yep. 
can we give these to every city government and every animal control <laughs> in the country then so yeah. that we don't have to worry about bat. Can we do this for bats? Like, I, can we do this for anything else? Yeah. Oh, well, they, they and that's part of the uh, the reason why it's been so successful is they initially targeted raccoons, but they found out foxes eat them too, bats eat them too. So all the animals that we've had problems with spreading rabies over time seem to eat these things, and the vaccination program is uh, is doing a great job so far. So uh, yeah, I, I, it seems like where you would want to focus that is going to be like the suburbs and exurbs so that mm -hmm. you can stop them from infiltrating into the cities. Uh, sorry, there, I'm just reading further into the story because now it's fascinating. Uh, so how do you get an oral vaccine to an animal that flies, was asked of NPR. They said there have been some studies into aerosol vaccines or coating a few bats that will take it back to their colonies through grooming. Wow. Oh, it, Science is so interesting. Uh, yeah, no kidding. You know? I mean, this it's one of those what will they come up with next kind of things, you know. Um, but good for them. I mean, for something for a program that started, what are we talking about, 50 years ago now? Mm -hmm. uh, for it to finally be to the point where they're comfortable enough with it to just drop these things anywhere. Uh, really kind of cool and good that it, it just it went beyond the raccoon population that they were trying to vaccinate originally. It's interesting. Again, I did not realize that any vaccine was done not as an injection. Yeah. Forgive me for being totally in the dark about that. But somebody texted in and said, I'm 66. I remember getting the polio vaccine on a sugar cube. <laughs> Why do we do them in jet? Why do we do anything by injection then if we can do it in pill form yeah, or I'm sugar cube form? I'm sure there are some vaccines that you can't. They, you know, the, the, an oral vaccine just wouldn't work. I'm trying uh -huh. to remember. Yeah, they mentioned the polio vaccine. What was the one that we all, well, not we all, I guess they stopped doing it after a while, but those of us of a certain age have that big scar on our left arm. It's like a, a one-inch circle because oh, wow. um, it wasn't polio. What was it? Um, might have been swine. Find out. It might have been swine flu. When, when the swine flu thing happened in the early 70s, they were vaccinating us against that. And it was this thing where you had to get poked a whole bunch of times. So it left this little circular scar on your arm. Um, BCG. I don't know what that uh, means. Smallpox. There's, there's oh, a lot of smallpox. Yeah, that would be too because they eradicated smallpox. So now there's no need to give it to anybody anymore. Um, if you are 40s or older, you likely have a permanent scar from an older version of the smallpox vaccine on your left upper arm. Yep. Got one. Okay. <laughs> I, I got my ticket when I was a kid. The only vaccine that I have ever gotten not as an injection um when i went to south africa i booked that trip so late totally me that i needed a malaria vaccine to be able to go because i was going into kruger national park and it was too close to my departure for the vaccine to work if i did it by injection okay so they gave me malaria pills i don't like, know if that's the same like to prevent me from getting it like i quinine, guess quinine or, or okay yeah just sure. a, so it was a vaccine um they made me throw up uh, immediately I threw them up. <laughs> oh, that's not great. So I worried then about getting malaria while I was there because I would, as soon as I swallowed that thing, well, I lost and, it. And the reason that I thought about swine flu, even though I had the wrong one, thank you, text line, it was in fact the smallpox vaccine. And, and you, yeah, you found it too, Jamie. But the the swine flu vaccine, they gave you, it was a gun. Um, and, and you would upend okay. the little bottle of vaccine on top of the gun and then it would just shoot the stuff right through your skin. There was no needle at all. It would just, it was like an air gun and it would go, it would blast it through your skin hard enough that it would just go in.
It feels like the way we pierce ears. Do we still do that with a gun? <laughs> kind of, yeah. But the, yeah, these had no, the no needle at all. Uh, yeah, the, the little piercing gun. I, uh-huh. I think so, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a long time since I've had my ears pierced. I'm sure they've come up with a better way to do it now. But yeah, they would just punch it real fast. And then it would get through your earlobe. Somebody just asked on the text line, does the oral rabies vaccine work on humans? That's a, a great question. It does not say so in the article. Um, but yeah, they said I'm vaccinated and it hurts. I have heard because um, to the best of my recollection, if you are suspected of, of having been bitten by an animal that has rabies or you know that you've been bitten by an animal that has rabies, because sometimes the animal bites you and then runs away, yeah. that that uh, you you go through the course of rabies vaccine anyway, because it can still work right up until the time that you're symptomatic. So even okay. if you've been infected, as long as you're not symptomatic yet, they can still, and once you become symptomatic, you're done. There's nothing they can do. You're going to die. Why don't we all just get a rabies vaccine? <laughs> That's a good, well, Why prob- is that not just something we all have? Probably for that reason, because it's painful. It's, so? it's something yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I know, but uh, it's, it's bad enough that we have things like the malaria vaccine that kind of hurt going in um, okay. that, yeah, maybe they just don't figure enough people would get it. There's your science segment here. We learned a lot. So thanks for everybody for teaching us things. All right. Coming up in the next hour, the amount of money that some parents are paying to get their little, little kids ready for college. Get to that in the next hour here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.